We live in a world of violence, war, magic, and the supernatural. I am here to bring you a glimmer of hope for tomorrow. This is the Voice of Hope podcast, and you can call me Beacon, your auditory guide to the safety of Castle Refuge. To all tomorrow, Legion teams in the field, your mission profile references are 12, 9, 14, 300, 6, Ace of Spades, 1, 9, 5, 1, 15, 9, 2, 5, 3. Since the High Defenders increased focus on diplomacy for the Tomorrow Legion, there has been a significant increase in the number of community outreach and emergency relief teams being dispatched throughout the region. Even my friend Callaton has found his calling with one of these groups, as we will hear later. So far, the results have been promising. Most of the smaller communities in northern Arkansas and southern Missouri have been contacted. One community that has come to the council's attention is the town of Neustron. Councilor Michelson was told about the community when she was visiting Fort Comanche a few months back. It is a small community of mixed technology and agriculture, guarded by a small unit of glitter boys and mystics. It is amazing to note that the community is built around an operating pre-risk nuclear power plant called Wolf Creek. Neustron traditionally keeps to itself, however necessity is forcing them out of their shell. Emperor Prosek's intention to annex the Kansas territory in the future is making many in the town nervous since they have a sizable DB and magic population. Their Fort Comanche allies regularly send tribal patrols to the area, but their main forces have a significant distance to travel to assist the town. Unfortunately, there are some pro-CS elements growing within the community that are starting to instigate some civil unrest in the city. The elderly councilman, Baxter Barrett, was the one who reached out to the Tomorrow Legion. He hopes to show his people another option exists beyond the coalition. His wise but gruff leadership is what has kept the political disagreement from erupting into all-out violence. Neustron definitely is the type of place that the High Defender is focusing on. Just to the north of Castle Refuge, the local Cold War between the city of Kingsdale and the city of Wyken is also brewing to a dire situation. Castle Refuge has had a cordial relationship with Kingsdale since the Hammerheart clan arrived in the area, especially considering the large population of dwarves in the city. The Tamar Legion still does a significant amount of its acquisitions from Kingsdale. In fact, Kingsdale recently modified the terms of its augmentation clinic to allow for people to sign on with either the Kingsdale Defense Forces or the Tamar Legion. However, Kingsdale's history has led the city to a highly capitalistic nature, so Geoff Mercator, the dictator of the city, has turned down every overture the Council of Hope has made to them about joining the Tomorrow Legion as allies. With the fall of Tolkien, Kingsdale is one of the more powerful magical cities in North America, being home to several magical societies. They also have one of the largest non-coalition augmentation centers capable of creating juicers, crazies, and full conversion cyborgs. Time has taught Kingsdale that it will endure if it does not stir the wrath of the Coalition. However, the Council of Hope is greatly concerned about the city's future because of its ongoing dispute with the city of Wyken. The city of Wyken is a longtime ally to the Coalition that has turned down numerous advances by the CS to join them. Like Fort Eldorado for the longest time, Wyken has benefited from their alliance without actually having to commit to Emperor Prosek's decrees. However, should the conflict between Kingsdale and Wyken turn into a war, it could drag more of the CS might into the area, which would not bode well for Kingsdale or Castle Refuge. Of course, with our focus on increased diplomatic contact, we did reach out to Kingsdale again. The only response we received was an offer to participate in an up-and-coming murder-thon event at the new warm-up arena. How this business got info on our diplomatic outreach, I will not know. 
Madara Hammerheart believes participating in the event might bring some goodwill from Kingsdale. So a set is being dispatched for the game. For those that don't know, a murderthon is a typically a juicer sporting event. However, this invitation allows all comers. The event is a long-distance race of sorts that includes obstacles and combat between contestants. Weapons are allowed as long as they are not area of effect weapons, and magic and psionics and powered armor are allowed with caveats, like no teleportation and everyone must run. The first team to have all of their non-disqualified members cross the finish line wins, of course. Death usually equals disqualification. I know Clan Hammerheart wants to quote-unquote play fair and send as many juicers as possible. I think it would be humorous, though, to send a team of dragon hatchlings. Of course, any growth comes with pain. As thousands of refugees move to Castle Refuge, there have been some challenges with integrating them into the populace of the region. Several boom towns have appeared in the area as refugees seek out locations to build a new life. Even here, the Council of Hope is trying to replicate the success that Lady Carmen the Wise created in the refugee camps in the Milwaukee Territory. Refugees are being recruited into construction crews and work crews to help build permanent shelters. Those with combat skills and experience are being offered a place in the Tomorrow Legion if they wish to serve in that capacity. Unfortunately, due to the nature of the relief efforts, there has been an increase in crime in the area due to the mass influx of refugees who tend to be quite angry at the situation. To get the crime under control, General Magruder has assigned an entire battalion of the Tomorrow Legion to policing efforts in the direct vicinity of Castle Refuge. As I mentioned earlier, our Star Wars companion, Kalatin, is also joining in on the diplomatic missions in support of the High Defender's decree. He recently forwarded a message to share with all of you. Hey, Beacon, it's Kalatin again. I'm on my way back from my first Legion mission, and it's now safe to tell you all about this crazy trip. First, I gotta tell you about how great my team was. We're a community outreach team, which means we're supposed to go to places and establish goodwill by doing good. My kind of thing. Our leader is this crackletooth ex-mercenary named Smiley McSmileyface. I'm not arguing with any crackletooth's name, and he does smile a lot. He's always telling jokes like their kind tends to do, but he's real serious about helping folks. He likes to tell stories of his mercenary days. I feel safe knowing he can tell what's dangerous out there. Mickey the Crackletooth, my friend from the group of refugees, came with us too. He's muscle, and I have to tell you, life is a riot when you got two Crackletooths. Crackle teeth? Mickey and Smiley always tell you it's the other way, no matter which way you talk about more than one of their kind. He's got a mini railgun now, so he can lay down some serious damage. We have this Psy Operator named Sarah, too. It's her job to fix stuff and build stuff when we reach a place that needs it. She looks like one of those aliens you sometimes see from the old world. You know, the ones with the big eyes and oval faces? She says she's some sort of lone star experiment. And she's really mostly human. She says her people are called Psy X aliens, even if they don't come from flying saucers. She says she's great with psychic power. We get to talk about a bunch of the stuff about the power of the mind. It's really cool. She's got a drug problem, though, so we have to be vigilant in keeping her on the wagon. Now, Sarah's got this teenager kid working for her named Wilbur, and he helps fix stuff. He's real good with electronics and computers, and he's pretty strong and good-looking. 
It's mostly quiet, but I think it at least helps us win over the teenage girls when we hit some villages. <laughs> While Smiley and Mickey can deal with the fight, it's good having another reliable gun on the team. So we've also got this headhunter Smiley knew from his fighting for higher days named Chinitz. She's a quick flex and she's definitely been handy in spooking the bandits and such. She knows sleight of hand magic and she likes to put on a little shows for people when we go places. Because it's good to have happy times with people who need some breaks. I've gotten to know her and while she's got her demons from the past, she's also been a great friend. I'm the medical guy of course, but I can help in a fight seeing as I'm a mystic. We're pretty good at avoiding the fights though. Now our mission was to head to the Cross Timber region of Oklahoma Territory to see who needed help. The trails are pretty bad so we're using a fury beetle we call George to carry our stuff. Smiley insists he's better than any old jalopy, as he calls all-terrain vehicles. Sarah disagrees, but I enjoy the company of another one of the goddesses' creations. So, that's where we started. A road down in the dense but low woodlands of the southern Great Plains. I expected to meet all sorts of things there, since this world is full of magic and monsters. What we ended up finding, though, well, I'll tell you about that the next time I talk to you. God bless you, Beacon, and all your listeners. My friend, I look forward to hearing the rest of your harrowing adventures while you're in Oklahoma. Interestingly, the Oklahoma Territory seemed to be a pretty sparse place in the New West. A few bands from Fort Comanche range through Oklahoma, as did the Simvin, Sidestalkers, and various dinosaur herds and Pecos Empire Raiders. Hopefully Calton's team found something of note in eastern Oklahoma. Not too far from there, in northeast Texas, one of the sets named the Wolverines claims to be from an area in that area called Pine Box. Finally, several other people have asked me for more information on the lieutenant. Well, the LT was a coalition military specialist by the name of Sebastian Crow. Lieutenant Crow is a massive man with an even larger cruel streak. He was a leader of the Special Forces Search and Destroy Squad I was assigned to, and we are a pretty effective team. He would tear through the skies in his striker Samus, leading the other two Samus while I provided overwatch for the heavy infantry and size stalkers. Eventually his bloodthirst became too powerful to bear when he ordered the execution of helpless younglings. I had to end him with a volley of psi rounds through his chest, and the rest of the team was either dead or running. At least I thought I put an end to him. But somehow he survived, and he's been reborn as a heavy combat cyborg, as reported by Callaton and members of Set 28. However, they reported something I've never heard of in my time in the CS, a heavy combat cyborg wrapped in powered armor. According to Cecile Donoak, Set 28's leader, Crow single-handedly defeated one of the dragon hatchlings assigned to her unit, and only survived because she was able to heave the dragon's bludgeoned body into the rift using exalted telekinesis. Crow has been surprisingly silent since he announced himself to Set 28. If you encounter a heavy cyborg with a rattlesnake unit emblem, evade him and report his position to Legion Command. We have a plan to deal with him. Until then, stay safe, move surely, and look out for your fellow refugees. I, Beacon, will guide you to your new tomorrow. Speak to you again soon. 
I would like to thank Dr. John Stewart for his continued support for the show as Calatin. I would also like to suggest checking out Patrick Greenlaw's The Red Dawn Chronicles to follow the story of the team out of time, the Wolverines. It's on SavageRifts.com. The link is included in the show notes. And finally, Victor and Gary return sprinting out the gate with episode 19 and 20 focused on gear and vehicles from the Tomorrow Legion Player's Guide. I would also like to add that Sebastian Crow is inspired by the boys from the Sounds Like Crow podcast. Please check them out. It's a great play-by-post podcast, even though it's Deadlands. If you have any refugee questions and wish to leave a mission report or submit for a Legionnaire for Legionnaire's Last Call, please email me at voiceofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area and interested in Savage Rifts or Savage Worlds, please look up my new Facebook group, The Capital Savages. And finally, please join our community on Google Plus Savage Rifts and check out savagerifts.com, the premier Savage Worlds play-by-post site. The Voice of Hope is a Savage Rifts fan podcast. The music in the intro and prologue are Killers and Rhinos themed by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Savage Worlds and Deadlands are copyrighted 2016 and trademarked under Pinnacle Entertainment Group, all rights reserved. Rifts in the Megaverse are registered.